OCD, or obsessive compulsive disorder, is one of the most commonly misrepresented psych diagnoses out there due to how it's been integrated into the common vocabulary, and it's often been misused subsequently from there. So let's learn about what OCD is, what it's not for me. My name is Dr. Mirza. I am a board-certified psychiatrist in adult psychiatry, child adolescent psychiatry, and addiction medicine. When we're talking about OCD, there was a change that occurred in DSM-5. Like all things, DSM-5 changed a lot of things back in 2013. OCD used to be categorized under anxiety disorders, but since then with DSM-5, it's got its own category, OCD or obsessive compulsive disorders and related disorders. The reason that there was this difference why I got pulled out of the anxiety is that there was evidence, there was research that showed that this was more of an executive function disorder versus an emotional processing disorder, which we describe anxiety as. There are also some differences that were shown in brain imaging in the frontal striatal pathways. Based on that neurobiological aspect, there was this push to say, let's make it in its own different category. Similar to how PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, used to be considered an anxiety disorder, but now is its own category in DSM-5. With OCD, there's a lot of comorbid disorders that we have to watch out for. One of the things that we see is that there's higher comorbidity with autism spectrum disorder, as well as ADHD, and also tic disorder, which can be present in up to 40% of those who have OCD. OCD onset is usually earlier in life. 50% of cases will present before the age of 20, and oftentimes we see them in kind of late childhood, early adolescence. The male to female ratio is about one to one, and it can occur in about one to 2% of the worldwide population at any time. When I'm discussing OCD, especially when I'm working with kids and parents ask me, hey, is this thing gonna be there forever? I say that OCD tends to be what I say is sticky. It sticks around for a bit, so 40% of those in childhood will go on to have it into adulthood, and 40% of those will go on to not deal with it. They'll go into what's called remission. The other thing with OCD is that it does have a huge significant impact on people's quality of life. When we're trying to quantify or kind of get an idea of the factors that are involved with OCD, we have to understand that there's obsessions and then there's compulsions. And what we see is there's four main factors that have been reliably shown to show up over and over again. The first is the symmetry factor, Next is the forbidden thought factor, the cleaning factor, and then the hoarding factor. Symmetry is a desire for things to be symmetrical, for things to be even, for things to look the same on one side as they look on the other. And there's, there's a stress and the compulsion to make changes so that things are symmetrical, even. Forbidden thoughts are a little bit more complex. There are things that may be religious in nature, they may be sexual in nature, violent in nature, and they seem to be intrusive thoughts. And then there's a compulsion that's usually done to kind of negate those. Cleaning are the ones that we think about when we talk about contamination, germ phobia. The hoarding factor is more related to the fear or the inability to throw something away due to the concern that if you do, you're gonna need it. And then if you don't have it when you need it, some huge calamity is gonna come about. Focusing on the obsessions a little bit, we'll talk about intrusive thoughts. Intrusive thoughts are distressing thoughts that seem to come out of nowhere in someone's head. And they are distressing despite the efforts to ignore or suppress them. These then often lead to a compulsion in order to negate or ignore or distract from these intrusive thoughts. And when we talk about the intrusive thoughts, there is the belief that without addressing them, life cannot proceed. Religion is a common theme that shows up in these intrusive thoughts. The fear that God is involved or that the devil is involved or there's some group that's involved that's kind of putting these thoughts into there or that God or the devil will be angry and then you'll be punished or the people that you care about will be punished. 
The other kind of thought are these forbidden thoughts, sexual or violent kind of thoughts, images, or urges that may show up. They're oftentimes contradictory to oneself, but they can be very intense and cause significant distress. Some of the common ones that we see are people who become very preoccupied or obsessed with their own sexuality. They may have all the evidence in the world that they may be, for example, heterosexual, but they'll have this intrusive thought that they're homosexual. Associated with it, there may be some kind of thought, God is going to punish me, the devil is getting me. Other intrusive thoughts will be things like violence, who have like the urge or the thought to punch somebody, to cut somebody, images of blood or other violence like that. Coming back to the depression part a little bit, these obsessive thoughts, these intrusive thoughts can show depression in up to 50% of people who have them and up to 15% of them may have a suicide attempt during their lives. A compulsion is the feeling to do something in response to an intrusive thought. Things that may be compulsions will be things like hand washing, cleaning, checking, other kind of repetitive actions like flipping on and off the light switch or checking the stove multiple times, locking, unlocking the door. It's important to distinguish what is a habit, which can be helpful for somebody in their life, versus something that's a compulsion, which is often distressing and occupies a huge time portion out of their lives and can be oftentimes disruptive. So the time that's spent dealing with these compulsions or having to work with these intrusive thoughts is not just like a minute here or there, a fleeting moment here or there. It becomes hours and can sometimes be the majority of the day. When we're talking about treatment for OCD, there's a bunch of different things that we can do. One of the first steps is therapy. There's two main therapies that are out there. They both seem to be in the CBT, the Cognitive Behavioral Therapy family. The first one is habit reversal training. This is for people who have body-focused repetitive behaviors. So people who have struggling with skin picking or pulling the eyebrows, we work on reversing these habits. You also have exposure response prevention, which is a type of CBT which is also used for compulsions. So the idea is to expose yourself to not acting on the compulsion and hopefully seeing that this negative thought, the calamity, this disaster that's going to occur doesn't occur. And if we continue to show that, we're able to hopefully break that cycle that's there. There's also some ACT or acceptance commitment therapy, which has been gaining a bit of momentum as well. And then there's also medications. So the main medications that we talk about are SSRI antidepressants or SNRI antidepressants, typically things like Prozac, Zoloft, and Luvox, right? Fluvoxamine is one of the medications that are really more specific for OCD. There is one of the older medications, tricyclic antidepressants, clomipramine, which has been shown to be very effective as well for treatment of OCD. We try to avoid using second generation antipsychotics, things like Risperdal, things like Abilify. Today has been shown to be effective sometimes in treatment resistant OCD, but it's not something that we wanna use as a first line treatment due to concerns of side effects that come along with those medications. In more severe cases of OCD, we may use things like ECT, electroconvulsive therapy, and that's been shown to be very effective as well. In the last case scenario, we use things like psychosurgery, which is cingulotomy, which is essentially a type of brain surgery where we make an incision in the cingulate gyrus to break that connection that's there. And this has been shown to be effective in OCD. This is always something in, the, in America and in Britain, which has been shown to be the last resort. It's, there has to be multiple failed trials of every other treatment that comes before this. Well, I hope that helps you guys out with understanding what OCD is, what it's not. We're gonna talk about OCPD, obsessive compulsive personality, disorder probably in another video so stay tuned for that um, and if you guys are enjoying this please remember like comment subscribe and you're going to get a little bit more every week or so